Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for the Chiefs Kingdom Show, live with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. It's presented by Bad Boy Moores, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mo with an attitude. And by High V. The world's best tailgating begins at High V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, this is Chiefs sideline reporter Josh Klingler. Before we get you into the Chiefs Kingdom show, just a quick reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Fesco in the morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Danon Hughes every Tuesday morning at 8.30. Tune in for exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews throughout the season on the Odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Now let's get you into the Chiefs Kingdom show presented by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Here is the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Yeah, let's go. Get red, get real, get rowdy. Welcome to the Hy-Vee Market Grill tonight. We're at the Hy-Vee Market Grill in Mission, Kansas on Martway, very near the intergalactic headquarters of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network, which is the largest network in the National Football League and the network that has brought you nine, sorry, six consecutive Kansas City Chiefs victories for a total, for a total of nine wins to go to three and four to nine and four. All right, we got a huge show tonight. We got a huge show for you tonight. We got a lot going on here because we're thinking like a dolphin. A dolphin sleeps just one half brain at a time. We ain't sleeping, but we're taking half brain for the first minute and a half of the show to rejoice in the Raider route because the Chiefs beat the Raiders 48 to 9. Yeah. Puppet ladies here tonight. Raider haters here tonight. Uh, We got converted Steeler fans here tonight. Lucy and Ethel are here tonight. We got all kinds of the Armenian embassies represented here tonight. All kinds of people, including Snowstorm Sandy, Puppet Lady, everybody, I think I said that. But anyway, we got it uh, going on tonight. Here's some things to consider. The Chiefs defense has been the best defense in the National Football League for the past six weeks. That's empirical data. That's not an opinion. And they've been dressed to the nines. The last three games, they have given up nine, nine, and nine. When a defense is dressed to the nines, giving up just nine points a game in the NFL for three straight weeks, that's a defense that's able to put the hammer down. Here's some perspective. It is the first time a Chiefs defense has held three straight opponents to single digits since 1997. Cassette tapes back in 1997. Also, 
Six times this year, the Chiefs have allowed 17 points or less. That is the most by any team in the National Football League in the 2021 season. That is huge. Also, Tyreek Hill yesterday set a record. Tyreek Hill now has 90 catches this season, right, with four games to go. And those 90 catches uh, are an all-time Kansas City Chiefs single-season record for a wide receiver. That is huge. Let's give a cheer for those uh, monumental marks. Chiefs 48, Raiders 9. Here's a little bit of advice. Don't stomp on the arrowhead before the game if you're an opposing team. Just say it. I'm <laughs> Sophie Bug leads the way along with Weird Wolf letting the wheels on the bus go round and round. The number one hit song yesterday of the Chiefs kingdom. Wow. Don't drive the bus around the stadium after you beat us at home ever. You won't beat us again. Two, then don't stop on the logo. All right. We're at the Hy-Vee Market Grill in Mission, but those of you listening on the largest network in the NFL, many of you have Hy-Vees in your local area, and Hy-Vees on the day after game. The Chiefs yesterday scored 48 points. That means you can score the savings with Hy-Vee. Fuel saver discounts, get this, equal to the number of the points the Chiefs scored and the amount you spend. I'm telling you, your fuel saver discount just went bazoom with 48 points, and we're going to put more than that on the Chargers. All right. Also, scan the code. Scan the code is the greatest invention in the history of groceryness. Now, we've got people here tonight from Stafford, Kansas. I don't think we have a hy there, but we need one there, and in Hayes, Kansas. So um, scan the code. It's easy. Next time you see the hy QR code, right, it's all around. It's on shirts. It's on Scan that because it will change your life. Uh, it's the biggest savings in the history of grocery nuts. I mentioned uh, they're not only deals, they are super hot deals. Remember to scan the code. You've seen the TV ad with Kelsey, all clean shaven, look like he's 14 years old. And, and Mahomes, he's got Mahomes on the phone, and Mahomes goes, hey, Kelsey, scan the code. So why would we not all scan the code? Okay, I told you, dolphin brain. Dolphin brain. We wanted to rejoice in the Raider route. It's over because we have to go on the road Thursday night. There is no rest. There's no real chance for recovery. No, no, you know, not chance for a practice here. Doesn't matter. Not with our team because we have to go take care of business in the biggest game in the AFC West in five years. We're going to go play the Chargers on the road on Thursday night. So count it down with me. In five seconds, we turn the brain immediately to beat the Bolts. You ready? So here we go. Count it with me. Five, four, three, two, one. It's not just any week. It's Chargers week. And it's time to beat the down. You got it. Hammer down, beat the Bolts, all kinds of stuff. This game is huge. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from head coach Andy Reid. Dan Israel had a chance to stop him for just a moment while coach is running. We'll be back with Coach Reid again, the Hy-Vee Market Grill in Mission. We'll wedge you in. Sellout crowd, we'll figure out a place to put you here. All right, back after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. 
the right corner will be Mike Hughes. Daniel Sorensen at safety, Juan Thornhill and Tyron Matthews. So a three safety nickel to start the game and running left. Balls out, balls out, Jacob fumbles, picked up by Kansas City. 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City, Mike Hughes with the scoop and score on the very first play from scrimmage. Welcome back to the High V Chiefs Kingdom show. We are at the High V Market Grill in Mission tonight. Come on out and join us. Coming up after the coach, Mitch will be joined by Chiefs Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenrud live here at the High V in Mission. But right now, we are joined by the architect of what was a very convincing 48 to 9 win against the Raiders yesterday. By the way, the largest margin of victory against the Raiders in the rich 60-plus year history of the Chiefs. On the line with us now, Big Red, head coach of your Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid. And coach, first and foremost, congratulations on the victory. You defeat your division rival using all three phases of the game. It was complimentary football and maybe the most complete game of the season thus far. Yeah, I, I felt that way too. I'm curious to see the tape. We don't have a lot of time to spend going through it. Um, getting ready for this next game on Thursday. So, uh, but it was, listen, our guys, I, I was proud of them, how they handled it, uh, not looking forward, taking care of business against the AFC West team. And um, it was very important to be able to do that. Coach, it always seems like the Raiders have these extra storylines to go along. It's never just about the football. We were on the air in pregame when the Raiders players ended their warm-up by holding a little pep rally in the Arrowhead at center field. I thought Dane and Hughes was going to come out of the booth when he did the, when they did this. Since the game, a few Raiders players have come out and said, hey, yeah, maybe that wasn't the wisest move on their part. And maybe the Chiefs used that as additional fuel given the way this game started. But your guys very poised and focused despite all of that. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, you know, teams that do that, uh, we, we just try to make sure we're playing our best and, um, and you don't have a lot of time to focus on, you know, the bus rides and the dancing on the, right. you know, arrowhead. But uh, it's the Raiders, so right. we get ourselves ready to play, and that's what we do. You win the coin toss. You elect to defer. The Raiders receive the opening kickoff, and on the very first play from scrimmage, this happens. Daniel Sorensen at safety, Juan Thornhill, and Tyron Matthews. So a three safety nickel to start the game, and running left falls out. Balls out of Jacob fumbles, picked up by Kansas City. 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City, Mike Hughes with the scoop and score on the very first play from scrimmage. How about the tone your defense set for this game from the very opening moments? Yeah, that was tremendous. Uh, what a way to start a game. Mm-hmm. And then they kept it up for, you know, five of them. And that was, uh, that was a big help, 28 points, I think, off those turnovers. So. That's huge. That was huge. I thought the play calling today really used a combination of passing. Several key moments to extend drives came from chunk plays, Coach. It all worked together to kind of set up the run game. Yeah, it did. Uh, Pat was uh, on fire today and had some beautiful throws, and our guys were catching the ball well. And um, The big old line was doing their job against one of the better D lines in the, in the NFL. Um, and then uh, our running backs did a nice job with some tough yards. Holmes barking out the calls, right foot in front of the left at the near hash. Takes the snap, throws it in the flat, Darrell Williams, 15, 10, 5, leaps into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. The Raiders still aren't covering Darrell Williams. It's a 23-yard touchdown on a flat route by D. Will, who shows his will, and the Chiefs have a two-touchdown first-quarter lead. 
Darrell Williams goes airborne to find the end zone coach. He turned the green light on about 10 yards out. Nobody was keeping 31 out of the end zone on that play. Yeah, you know what? He's a good football player. We've got two LSU guys back there. Yeah. And a whole Louisiana backfield right now, so it's uh, um, it's pretty good. So, um, And then we brought a Jersey guy in to block for him, right, at, at fullback. And, uh, but anyways, they're all doing good, taking a lot of pride in their job. But Darrell's Darryl's having a good year. You mentioned Williams' LSU counterpart. Not to be outdone, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire also takes a left route to find the end zone. First down goal to go for the Chiefs at the five, leading a counter pitch now left side. Edwards Hilaire trying to break a tackle, does so it into the end zone. Left side, touchdown, Kansas City on a counter pitch to CEH and the Chiefs lead 20 to nothing early in the second quarter. A three-touchdown lead now, but really what was the storyline all day here was defensive pressure that continued as the Raiders retake the field, desperately trying to get something going. Just two plays later, Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen team up for this INT. One of the most dangerous players ever in NFL history, Deshaun Jackson, is in a right slot for the Raiders. Second and three for the Raiders at their own 30. They go over the middle to Moreau. A catch, another ball is out and picked up. It's picked up by Tyron Matthew. And Matthew gets the ball to the Raider 38-yard line. It will go as an interception. Foster Moreau made the catch, and as he was trying to advance, the ball juggled it, but the ball never touched the ground. It was knocked out by Sorensen and picked up by Matthew. Give Dirty Dan credit for knocking the ball loose. Coach Tyron Matthew always plays well, but I want to talk to you about the character of Dan Sorensen. It impresses me so much. He has taken some dings this year, but he just goes out every week and gives it his best. In the past couple of weeks, his best has been pretty darn good. Yeah, he doesn't uh, let any of the outside interference get to him. He he plays, he works on his game. Um, like any player, it's not all perfect, um, uh, but he, he sure works hard at it to, to get it done and do it the right way. And so uh, normally that if you have guys like that, it ends up where they can kind of power through, maybe a little bit of a slump. The Matthew Sorensen INT set up a five-minute, nine-play drive for the offense that culminated in a touchdown we had not seen before. Williams stays in at the running back. They're going to throw a quick pass. Josh Gordon, touchdown! (laughs) Kansas City on a tunnel screen from less than one yard out. And Josh Gordon gets the taste, the sweet nectar of the end zone for the first time in his Kansas City Chiefs career. Number 19, Josh Gordon gets his first official touchdown as a Kansas City Chief coach. Yeah, he looked pretty doing it too. I mean, yeah. that was uh, that was that was a nice play, and um, there was no doubt he was getting in. It was good blocking by the two tight ends there, and you know he kind of walked in on it. Coach, sad news hit the Chiefs family last Saturday. Our thoughts, our prayers, still with Legarius Sneed, his family, as they struggle with their loss. It's heartbreaking for them headed into this holiday season. Our hearts go out to Legarius and his family. They were all up there for the game, and then when this happened, uh, they had to all fly back. And, um, you know, he's just uh, – Legere's a good kid, man, and uh, it just it breaks your heart. But, you know, with the team teammates that he has, he'll he'll rebound. He's got a lot of brotherhood here. They'll take care of him. 
and make him welcome him back when he has a chance to get back. Yeah, these guys take that sign in the locker room seriously, enter his teammates, leave as a family. I know he'll have 52 brothers waiting to give him whatever he needs when he gets back. Sneed's absence required some defensive adjustments, including next man up. One of those was Mike Hughes. I thought Mike Hughes outstanding yesterday. Nine tackles, two forced fumbles, the 22-yard recovery for the touchdown to open the game. Mike Hughes had a great day. Yeah, Mike had a big day. I mean, he was all over the ball and receivers and everything else. I, I thought he he played a great game. Yeah, and he started it from the moment he touched the field. Uh, so, it's so good to see him improving each week. Coach, you had to halftime 35-3. to three. What do you tell the team? I mean, what adjustments do you make in this situation? Well, you know, you want to keep building on it. I mean, Carr is an explosive player, and, and so he, he's a tremendous quarterback, and, and he's got good talent around, so anything's possible. And, you, you know, you don't want to be that team that's <clears throat> down by that much and somebody comes back on you. You know, you don't want to try to stay out of that that, uh, that stat. So, you know, we make we came out and we threw the ball the first down, and then we were able to run it and uh, and kind of put some things together. We used up six and a half minutes or whatever it was on the clock. Defense did a great job. We stepped up there on defense and, and made sure we didn't have a letdown, and you know, it worked out good. So, but you, you know, you got to make sure that you reset the the tempo of it at, at halftime once you come out. Reset the tempo you did in the fourth quarter. Alex Okafor gets to Derek Carr in the process of sacking him, forces a fumble, and alert Armani Watts scoops the loose ball up and begins to run for daylight. An extra coverage man on the field. Bolton stays in coverage now. Pump faking his car. He is leveled, blindside, fumbled, picked up by Kansas City. And they're going to rule this down by contact. I don't know about that. I don't either, but Carr got leveled. With a legal blindside hit, he gets decleated. It was hit by Alex Okafor, I believe. Okafor hit him. Carr never saw him, and this ball might have popped out. Mitch, exactly right. Unfortunately, poor mechanics by the referees. Stole the touchdown from the clutches of Watts. But on the next play, never fear, Derek Gore is here. Derek Carr did not see Alex Okafor coming. <laughs> Separated from the ball, the Chiefs challenge, and get the ball. As a handoff, now to Gore. He's open, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City. Was that Derek Gore or Marcus Allen? He runs for 51 yards and a touchdown. It looked like Priest Holmes back in the day, and the Chiefs pour it on at 7.19 to go in the game. Chad Henney and a backup offensive line was in for Kansas City. Allegretti blocked two guys, and Derek Gore was running for his friends in the end zone. 51 yards to amen corner, just like Priest Holmes, Coach. That was a nice run. It was great mm-hmm. blocking up front. That was their second O line, and they, they were in there just banging away. And really did a nice shot. They blitzed on it, so... We were able to catch a seam without too much secondary support there and uh, and then hit it. And Gore can do that now. 48-9, to final score. Largest margin of victory, as I mentioned, against the Raiders. The third straight game that the Chiefs defense has held their opponent to just nine points. Nine points. Butker, another 50-yard-plus field goal. Tyreek Hill sets a franchise record. Five takeaways today. You've reversed that curse. You seem to have your team perfectly prepared this week, and you executed at a very high level. Yeah, I thought that. Listen, I thought the coordinators did a did a great job um, uh, getting their guys ready, game planning, uh, the players working uh, this past week, and um, just uh, the practices were crisp and fast and so on. So, 
um, you know, that uh, my hat goes off to the coordinators for, for being able to do that, and the coach, the assistant coaches did a great job too. So it was, it was an all-out effort by everybody. It definitely showed, Coach. Short week as you battle the Chargers on Thursday, plus you lose a day to travel. You've already turned your attention to yet another important division opponent we know how stretched your schedule is, Coach. Always appreciate your time. Have a great week of prep. We'll talk to you Thursday. Let's go get those Chargers. All right, Dan. Thank you. Head Coach Andy Reid, just two days to do six days of prep in what's perhaps the remaining hurdle to a division championship. The Chiefs and formidable Chargers from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Primetime this Thursday. Our broadcast starts at 4 p.m. here in Kansas City, 6 p.m. down the greatest network in the National Football League. What a game that will be. When we come back to the High V Market Grill here in Mission, Mitch Holtis is joined by a living legend, the Hall of Fame kicker of those great 60s Chiefs teams, Jan Stinnerud. Come join us. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Holmes barking out the calls, right foot in front of the left at the near hash. Takes the snap, throws in the flat, they're away at 15, 10, 5, leads into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. The Raiders still aren't covering Darrell Williams. It's a 23-yard touchdown on a flat route and yards after the catch by D. Will, who shows his will, and the Chiefs have a two-touchdown first-quarter lead. Welcome back live. At the Hy-Vee Market Grill in Mission, one of the great Hy-Vees located in the Chiefs Kingdom. We've got a sellout crowd here tonight. Again, we've been dolphin brain. We've already uh, reviewed the Raider route. Well, now it's full on because it's not just any week. It's Chargers week. And if you're the Raiders, you might want to cover Darrell Williams, who had 100 yards on you a month ago. Oh, no. Leave him open and let him just roll into the end zone. For D-Will to get that touchdown, the Chiefs were able to... Put the hammer down. Speaking of the hammer, some hammers are Scandinavian. And we have brought in, we're turning Mission Tonight and the Chiefs Kingdom show into the Canton, Ohio Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because tonight we have another one of our Chiefs Pro Football Hall of Famers who also happens to be, obviously, in our Chiefs Hall of Fame, the Packers Hall of Fame, the Montana Hall of Fame. You in the Norway Hall of Fame? You ought to be if you're not. (laughs) Tonight, he will be inducted into the Armenian Hall of Fame because the Armenians are here tonight from the embassy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome as our special guest tonight, pro football, Hall of Famer and star of Super Bowl Four champion, Kansas City Chiefs, Jan Stenerud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mitch. When's the last time you had a standing ovation well, from a sellout crowd? Next time I'm going to be introduced someplace, I'm going to have you doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great to see so many familiar faces and, and longtime Chiefs fans. It's wonderful. And we're lucky to have Mitch to that. He, he, is, he is great. You're great. Just a reminder, our player interviews all year and our uh, interviews with our uh, great players of the past brought to you by Hellsburg Diamonds. We're going to get you something from them. Uh, they've served the Chiefs Kingdom for over 100 years, which I didn't know was around. I thought we only wow. had a team for 62, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, and what happened the other 38 years, they have 200 locations as well, but they're awesome people. Um, had a chance to be uh, speak at their entrepreneurial academy earlier this fall. Okay. Having you here, let's stay in the present. we got Dolphin Brain moving ahead of this Thursday night game. But I want to ask you, 
because you have such pride in this franchise. How fun has it been to watch these last several years and to have your ex-team be arguably, but right there, the best team in the National Football League? Well, it's been tremendously exciting. Um, you know, I came to Kansas City 50, what, 53 or 4 years ago. And at, at that time, the Chiefs had, well, they had lost Super Bowl one, So Hank got the team to Super Bowl one, And then three years later, we win the Super Bowl four. So when I got it, the town was on fire. The Chiefs fans were tremendous. But what they are like nowadays is absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, I remember the first time I went into a grocery store in Kansas City, Somebody said, there's a chief in here. And I didn't know what to do. Should I do a handstand or should I? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I didn't really know how to act. I was thrown, in, thrown into this arena pretty quickly. Uh, as you know, which I came to Montana State in a ski scholarship. And just a few years later, and I started kicking field goal my senior year in college. And then two years later, I'm on the professional team. And a couple of years later in the Super Bowl. So it happened fast. Uh, and, uh, but it was fun. It, and now we get to see what, what's going on this town again. It's, it's uh, so fantastic. I went, of course, went to the game. And didn't really, when I sat, I didn't really see if the first play was a fumble and recovery or if it was, was going to be called back. But what a great start. And then, of course, on the next kickoff, the guy fumbles the ball out of, the, out of bounds about the 11, 12-yard line. So we got off to a pretty good start. But uh, it was Raiders Day, and you know what that means to us. Oh, yeah. Way, way back, we had... We didn't like them 50 years ago, but they had, <laughs> but they had some great players, very arrogant players and good players. Uh, and they had, you know, Ben Davidson, you remember him, number 83. Marv Hubbard we was We can a, boo him. <laughs> no, boo. But, but he, He's these, like the villain's guys, villain. But they were great players. Yeah, they were But they great. were very arrogant. They were confident. Yeah. And the Marv, I remember Marv Hubbard won, uh, actually, 1972, the first year we played him in Arrowhead Stadium. They allow standing room only for, for the first year or two. And there were over 80,000 people in that game. And, and Marv on the way to Kansas City after the last practice, and of course the press, they tried to get him going anyway. And I they, and they said, Marv, uh, how about Kansas City? And he just said, well, we're going to Kansas City to kick some butt, except to use the word to start with an A, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And of course then, when he was introduced, when he was <laughs> introduced, the, the fans were not very nice to him in Kansas City, but. Uh, and George Blanda was always a thorn in our yeah. sides. You know, and Daryl LaMonica was a great, confident quarterback. So they had some real good players, and so did we. So that was the biggest game of the year, almost every year when I was with Kansas City. But the last game of the AFL ever had, you beat their butts. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, there, there was this, and a, I mean, went I to Super Bowl. Four. Well, I, mean, I told you the story. I'm sure you may have heard this before. But, you know, we had to play them to, to go to the Super Bowl. And, of course, in that particular year, it was only one week between the AFL championship and the Super Bowl. And, of course, the Raiders had packed their bags before the game in Oakland to play us so they can go directly from the locker room in Oakland to the plane and fly down to New Orleans, except they lost the game. And we were the one that get to go to. So it was kind of, it was kind of uh, I have to admit, it was uh, kind of fun to see them carry their suitcase from the locker room into their car and drive home. I have to admit that. But anyway, it's, it was a, I'm not going to sit here and who knows, they can come, they are, they, listen, they, football is, is strange. I remember in, in 1968, Mitch, we had to go to Oakland to play an extra game, a playoff game for the right 
to win the championship game. They beat us 41 to 6. Mm. The next year, the next year, we go in there and beat them for the championship. So, so things happen quickly in this league. But, but, but right now, I'm so proud of this team and the way the young players handle themselves. They're just wonderful people. Yeah. And, uh, and, they, they, and Randy, of course, he's the leader. And they, uh, they seem to have very nice, great football players, tough football players, but they seem to be good people as well. They are, and it's great to be around. Now, you know how this works. When you beat the Raiders <laughs> and they've got their bags packed to go to New Orleans and they have to go home, yeah. uh, that was Jan Stenerud and his teammates able to put Take the, the hammer, hammer down. down. What is put the hammer down in Norwegian? What would you say? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, the hammer is actually spelled exactly the same, oh. but it's pronounced hamid instead hamid. of hammer. Hamid. Yeah. Put the hammer down. <laughs> okay. Uh. Nick is going to speak Norwegian in the next game, probably. <laughs> I am. I'm going to bust it out. Hammer, no, Hamid. It's an R. Hamid. 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 Okay, I got that. Hamid. Okay. it <laughs> <laughs> would be all night. We're going to be doing this. That might be a first okay. one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you, though, about Harrison Bucker. Uh, 550-plus yard field goals this season, a single-season Chiefs record. Uh, and what you see, you talk about a great young man. He was on with us earlier this season. Uh, his ability to do these kicks, and he is a quality person like you are. What do you see and think when you see Harrison Bucker well, kicking? I am so proud of him. And, then, and the, a lot of the kickers these days are really phenomenal. And he is the – he is his, but the guy in Baltimore, Tucker, is great, obviously. Yes, he is. But Bucker is right up there with him. He is as good as they come, and I think from long distance, he might be the very best. Uh, but anyway, the first time I met him, we had the bite to eat, and I said, well, we're certainly not going to talk, talk about kicking because you don't need any advice. And we did not. We didn't talk about kicking at all. We talked about everything else. And, uh, <laughs> Sounds he, like he's, and I met him several times. He's a, he is a credit to the Kansas City Chiefs and to Kansas City. He's a wonderful young man, and he is a phenomenal kicker. You've worked in engineering and architecture. He's an engineer. Like he went yeah. to Georgia Tech. Georgia so Tech, you guys, yeah. it'd be nothing about kicking. It'd be, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but fascinating. And the fact that he's been such a competitor, uh, we're going to get into you being a competitor because you are a fierce competitor, as is he, but, as is he, but we don't think of kickers as being fierce well, competitors. Well, it, it changed a little bit, but I got into football. Match. You know, we didn't have many camps. We brought maybe 115 to 120 people to camp. And there's six exhibition games. And it was the early days of the soccer style kicking. So they brought a lot of people to camp. So we had to compete, you know, every day. And they, they kept track of who was making what from what distance. So, so it, was, it was very obvious to me from day one that uh, it's very competitive. As a matter of fact, when I made the team and had the most field goals, in, at least in the AFL, maybe in all of pro football, and the longest kick, my next off-season, I had to go to basic training in Fort Polk, Louisiana. I was in the, the uh, Army Reserve. So the first time I had a chance to see a newspaper after I got out of that, because when you are in basic training, and this was during the Vietnam War, there's no radio, no television, there's no news at all. So when I finally get out after five and a half months, I get to see the newspaper for the first time in five and a half months in Shreveport, Louisiana, flying back to Kansas City. And the first thing I see on the sports page is Hank Stram in Europe. He's trying out professional soccer players and rugby players to bring some of them back to compete against me. So I was introduced to, to competition pretty early. But I think what 
And I also knew, though, the first day in training camp in 67, I could tell that I could really kick the football probably better than the competition. So I thought to myself, if I know how to compete, I'm going to make the team. But yeah. also, but also some, having some sports background in, <clears throat> you know, very competitive skiing, it probably helps. But the other guys had pretty good backgrounds too. So I always felt, Mitch, if you're two bad games in a row and you're a kicker in the NFL, you might be in the unemployment line if you're two bad games in a row. And as you know, there's not, no second string, no third string. There's only one. And, and Harrison, he's well aware of that, and that's why he's working so hard to be the best every day. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Uh, he wears number seven because he does not wear number three. Number three is retired. No cheap. Well, well actually, we talk about numbers. We found that out. My first exhibition game. No, the game. Oh, are we going to No, who's wearing three? Because no, this is no, news no, to no, me. No, what happened with I wore Where's number 15 the first few days in training camp in 1967. Now, now then Lamar Hunt, Lamar, Lamar Hunt came in and decided that I was going to have number three. Now, you wonder why, right? Yeah, I want to know why, because if you would have kept 15, Mahomes couldn't have worn 15. No, 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 it would have no. been retired. No, but I, This I, is no, breaking no, no, news no, no, this, no. on Chiefs I, I, so I see some old pictures of myself the first few days in training camp by 15. But Lamar was, you know, three points. I should have number three. Uh, and they gave me number three. And I thought they, I missed to figure that one out before I had to explain it to him. Not that and smart. Then, <laughs> but then they Way also go, gave, they also gave Nolan Smith, I remember, the same practice. He gave Nolan Smith number one, Supernath, I remember. So, so that's how taller. I got number three. That was Lamar Hunt's decision. Love it. Okay, but that's good because that makes sense. Lamar, that's the way he thought. <laughs> but if you would have wore 15, Mahomes couldn't have wore 15. I mean, this would have thrown the whole universe <laughs> out of whack. We now know this from the Chiefs Kingdom Show. Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud is with us. We're going to get in to his greatest moments. It's really super underrated in the history of professional football, what he did and what he's done. Uh, but we'll be back with more at the Hy-Vee Market Grill in Mission after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Williams stays in at the running back. They're going to throw a quick pass. Josh Gordon, touchdown, <laughs> Kansas City on a tunnel screen from less than one yard out. And Josh Gordon gets the taste, the sweet nectar of the end zone for the first time in his Kansas City Chiefs career. Welcome back. Sellout crowd. Great crowd. Because it's time to beat the Bolts. Here we go. It's not any week. It's Charger week. It's right now. All right, we've moved on. Getting ready for this game Thursday night, the biggest game in the AFC West since 2016. All right. Also, we are turning Mission Kansas in this high V into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tonight. You have been traveling and in, in, in a time machine to Canton, Ohio. Welcome back, Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud. <laughs> whose number three will never be worn by any chief ever again, but I'm glad he didn't take 15. All right. Thank you, Lamar, uh, for that. Okay. Now, let's just real quick here. But is it Fetsund? Fetsund, Fetsund Norway. Fetsund that's correct. Norway. Fetsund Lamar, Norway. Lamar knew that name too, by the way. He knew, he knew Fetsund. <laughs> Fetsund. Uh, and then Lillestrom. That's Lillestrom. where I went to high school because my town of Fetsund was too small yeah. for high school. So he went to grade school in Fetsund and high school in Lillestrom. He was discovered. Boy, he's done his homework, hasn't he? Mm. All right, here's where it gets a little deeper here. Some K-Staters are here. We've got a K-State basketball player in here. Yes, we got K-Staters. Roger Kraft played basketball 
for Tex Winter and Jack uh, Gardner for K-State. He went on to coach at Montana State. He's the guy that might have started all this. Wasn't he watching you kicking and then told Jim Sweeney, the football coach, hey, there's some Norwegian ski dude that can kick? Well, that's exactly right. I wanted to talk about Roger Kraft. I've been told that he will score the first basket in Allen Fieldhouse. I think that's right. 1955, if you're keeping yeah, track at all. Yeah. But anyway, he was the f- basketball coach at Montana State. And he had seen me uh, <clears throat> kick from his office window. I once saw him walk across the field and kneel down. It was, you know, 6'9". It was a huge man. And he held the ball for me and then ran over to the football coach, Jim Sweeney, and said, you know, there's a Norwegian skier out there that kicked the ball a long ways. But, but the football coach was not too impressed by the scouting of the basketball coach. So he didn't pay much attention to it. And then about three or four weeks later, <clears throat> the football team was working out in the stadium on a Friday before the last home game my junior year 1964 and I ran the stadium steps and that's when Sweeney hey skier get down here here you can kick so anyway Roger but Sweeney sometimes later when I did pretty well later and, and got into pro football Sweeney didn't like that story about Roger Kraft but never <laughs> <laughs> but it's a true story but never the last there was Jim Sweeney uh, because I was the only player of course on that team who had never played football and what, what was he going to do with me? What was, what was I going to do during practice? But Sweeney is the one that made it all happen, obviously. But Roger Kraft is the one that actually alerted Jim Sweeney to me. Wow. Hey, Norwegian or skier me guy. Me to Jim Sweeney. Oh, what a, the other what, way around. Yeah. What a warm guy. What a great welcome. <laughs> hey, Norwegian skier guy. See if you can kick. All right, let's get into Super Bowl Four here because this, is to me, is really underrated. And I wasn't very old watching this, but it was an exciting time. But the Vikings were – like going to be smoke us, and they were two touchdown favorites. That's but correct. you kick a field goal. You get a 50-plus yard. I mean, you get a 50-yard field, 48 yards, the longest in Super Bowl history. It stood for 24 years, that record, but a 48-yard field goal. Then you come back and get a second field goal to put us up 6 to nothing, and a third field goal in the first half that put us up 9 to nothing. Carl Eller, purple people eaters, right, of the Vikings, said it broke our spirit. Because we thought if they get past the 50, they're going to get three points. Well, you broke the Viking spirit. A well, kicker did that. No, Come on. He has not been, you have not been given enough credit. I remember you kicking those, and I remember yelling at my parents and grandparents who weren't watching the game. They were playing. I go, we're up two scores. We may win this baby. Well, they were definitely, the 40 was the one that won that game. We had some great, great players. But I think uh, the. Uh, the opening kickoff, we, we kicked off first, and I was able to kick the ball pretty out of the end zone. And then they had the first chance to really score, but they did not try a long field goal. And then it was our turn, and we made a field goal. And then that, that kickoff also sailed pretty far out of the end zone. So I think the kickoffs probably, uh, they noticed that the party could kick the ball more from the kickoffs even than the field goal. And at that time, they knew that probably if we got within 50-some yards, it would be a good chance we would score. And also missed field goals in those days. The ball went out to the 20-yard line only, not to not the point, the point of the kick. Yeah. So it was, a lot of times it was, you know, it was almost the same as a punt a lot of times. But no, I was still so the Vikings <clears throat> aren't thinking you're going to hit a 48-yarder, not in that 60. Well, it was a it was a lousy day. It was a tornado warnings, and it was the field was muddy, and I had mud cleats on my left heel, about an inch and a half long, because the field had been hard to believe. But it was a Super Bowl, but the. Ter- the 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 uh, tarp a lot of holes in it. If you see if you see you know clips or plays from that day, you can tell that the field wasn't really good. 
But anyway, all I was thinking about was let us win this game. I don't care how I do as long as we win. That's the only thing that, that I was thinking about that, uh, leading up to the game, during the game, before the game, the whole time, because to explain the loss in the Super Bowl, that's not, that's not much fun. And our team had experienced that three years earlier. So all I was thinking, we got to win this game. But you might have been, because I'm thinking through history here, the first kicker to be to really decide a game of that magnitude, to break the will of the other team because they thought they had Lenny stop, and then whammo, you're getting three, six, nine. Well, now you're two scores off. Well, I mean, that changed everything in that game, and I don't think people talk about it enough. No, because when you – no, that's fine. <laughs> we, but then nowadays, you know, the field goal has – field goal kicking has changed dramatically. When you kick 50-yard field goals in the old day, that was a pretty big deal. Now it's a big deal if you miss from 50 yards. So it has changed, and I saw that evolution. Which I, you know, I was in league for almost 20 years, so I was watching how it developed and how it got better and better as I was, as I was in the league. And I know my, my percentages, for example, even my first few years, there was no such a term as field goal percentage. percentage. We just saw the guy from Buffalo kick 13 out of 27, and so also 15 out of 29 or whatever. We kind of kept track. You knew he was doing well. Uh, but then also when I got older and got up to Green Bay, I was, you know, I kicked over 90% up there one year. That was the first time somebody kicked over 90% field goal percentage in the season. Well, that was in my 15th or 16th, 15th year, I believe. But that's because we started to get more practice. The typically, before the quarterback, Lenny, of course, was the holder. The center was playing, the snapper was playing center, typically. So you didn't really get much practice. You got practice a few minutes on Friday afternoon with the center and the holder. That's it. And also we didn't have special teams. If you check the coaching staff in 1969, went to the Super Bowl, there were six coaches on the staff. Yeah. And Hank, of course, was a special teams coach. And he, I have to say this for me, he, he didn't know, of course, a lot, a lot about soccer style kicking, obviously. But he would build me up and tell me how good I was every day. So he, he had a lot to do when I was down a little bit. He would get me right back up again. So Hank has a lot to do with that I was able to survive that long in Kansas City and help the team win. We just have a minute before we let you go, and then we'll close out the show. But to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is the first <coughs> true place kicker, okay? The first true place kicker in the Hall of Fame. I know I'm putting you in a time crunch here, but when you got that call, well, I'll tell you how it happened then. Now they have this knock on the door and all this stuff you see on yeah. television. I was notified that there were 15 finalists, and I was one of the 15 finalists. Nobody has ever come close to being a finalist as a kicker. So I, I looked at the list, and I thought, wow, there's no why. By the way, all those guys are in the Hall of Fame now, but I got in the first year with, uh, with Earl Campbell, John yeah. Hanna, and Stan Jones, yeah. and Tex Ram. But anyway, uh, what happened was I was down in Tampa Bay for the – 25-year Silver Anniversary Super Bowl team. And there were a lot of the guys on that team that was nominated that year. And it was the early days of cell phones, so now I was, I was supposed to hear by 12 o'clock. I didn't hear anything, so I called back the hotel where we were staying, and my son was staying with me, and they had the operator at the, um, at the uh, bar, somebody's cell phone in the parade. And they said, well, the line is busy, and he got six calls waiting. And I thought, that might be pretty good news. <laughs> then I broke in, and my son told me that he was talking to somebody from USA today, and I was in the Hall of Fame. And I didn't tell anybody, because a lot of the other guys would have been disappointed because he told me he was in. So that's, that's how I found out. But it was, it was, obviously, it was a great thrill. He is a national treasure for three nations. Norway, 
the United States, and the Chiefs' kingdom. Okay? He is a treasure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let him go, but what a fun night to be in Canton, Ohio, at the Ivy Market Grill in Mission, Kansas. He is a treasure. Ladies and gentlemen, giving his due, Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker, Jan Stenery. <laughs> thank you so much, Mitch. Hey, thank you. You, you. The fans are the best in all the world right here. It's, it's my pleasure, Mitch. I've been so lucky to be in Kansas City Chief as long as I was. I've been tremendously lucky, and, and we're lucky to have Mitch, too, as I told you earlier. And the fans, look at him. God bless you, man. God bless you. I had a great, I had a great time with you, Mitch. And in the well. words of former Montana State coach Jim Sweeney, hey, Norwegian kicker, sweet guy, come down and kick. <laughs> this is a soccer guy, skiing guy. That's what it is. We'll be back to close things out. We'll be back after this. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. That was Derek Carr did not see Alex Oak before coming. <laughs> Separated from the ball, the Chiefs challenge and get the ball. As a handoff, that a Gore. He's open 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. Was that Derek Gore or Marcus Allen? He runs for 51 yards and a touchdown. It looked like Priest Holmes back in the day, and the Chiefs pour it on at 7.19 to go in the game. Chad Henney and a backup offensive line was in for Kansas City. Allegretti blocked two guys, and Derek Gore was running for his friends in the end zone. Welcome back to the Hy-Vee Market Grill and Mission. What a treasure to have you on Stenery. We're thinking ahead. It's time to beat the Bolts. It's not just any week, it's Charger week. It's the biggest game in the AFC West in five seasons. A few stats for you. The Chiefs road record since 2019, 18 wins and three losses. That's the best in the National Football League for any team. That's huge. AFC record in December for Andy Reid. 18 wins, three losses. Hmm, where have we heard those numbers before? That is huge. All right. Since in rematches, rematches, Andy Reid is 20 and 5, and since 2014 against the uh, division in December, he's 17 and 1. That is huge. It is time to beat the hammer down, beat the bolts, whatever. All right, we got mixed up tonight. All right, beat the bolts first, then put the hammer down. It's time to beat the bolts, and time to Put the hammer down. All right. Again, a gigantic game this week. How cool was Jan Stenerud to be here? Wow. Hey, Norwegian skier guy, come down and kick a little bit. And then the whole world changed. And now we know he almost had 15. That would have really changed the world. But three uh, is since retired. All right. Uh, a couple notes here. And this note is one to uh, take caution about. For all of us to be careful, 37 COVID-positive cases today in the National Football League, today. And uh, wide receiver Josh Gordon was listed on the positive list. So, uh, again, the Jets, they're going to virtual meetings. We all have to be careful here, be respectful, but it's time to go win a football game on a Thursday night. It is time to beat the Bolts. 
Thank you for joining us this week here at uh, Mission. Next week, Independence, the 23rd Street location, just west of Missouri, 291 on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You've been listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Bad Boy Mowers, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mow with an attitude. And by High V. The world's best tailgating begins at High V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, this is Chiefs sideline reporter Josh Klingler. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show. As a reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Fesco in the Morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Danon Hughes every Tuesday morning at 8.30. Tune in for exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews throughout the season on the Odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show presented by the Kansas Lottery. Green Bigger. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 